Welcome to What the Fit, a podcast about what it means to be fit, whatever the fuck that means. I'm your host, Chrissy Grody, and I'm helping to share the stories of cool people doing cool shit from fitness trainers to wellness coaches, entrepreneurs, and entertainers. We'll hear the behind the scenes journey, all the different ways we can take care of ourselves, and of course, we'll answer and explore the big question of what does being fit mean to you? This episode is brought to you by the Form and Function Movement Lab. If you've listened to this podcast for any length of time, you'll know Dr. Eric Nobby has totally transformed how I look at movement and injuries. He may honestly be a wizard. The Form and Function Movement Lab is movement therapy and education designed specifically for you. The team incorporates chiropractic, physical therapy, and strength training principles to quickly help you overcome painful issues and, better yet, teach you how to manage these issues on your own at home. They will work with you one-on-one to identify your big wins, perform joint manipulation and myofascial release for immediate relief, you know how good that feels, and provide online programming for you to move and strengthen your way out of pain between sessions. They even have a recovery studio called the Recovery Lab, where you can utilize red light therapy, compression therapy, and learn to use self-care tools to relieve daily stress from life and workouts. So amazing, all those toys. If you think this sounds like something you need, which I'm telling you it is, visit ffmovementlab.com and book your session now. My guest today is a doctor of physical therapy and certified athletic trainer. She is passionate about sharing her pelvic health knowledge with men, women, and non-binary individuals through a trauma-informed treatment style. As a pelvic PT, she helps all genders improve in the areas we're taught to ignore by addressing urinary, bowel, and sexual issues. Please welcome Tyler Kornblum. Hi, thanks for having me. Thank you. We've by now all heard this buzzword of the pelvic floor. (laughs) And I have had some people on the podcast who've touched on it and we've like said the word pelvic floor. Mm -hmm. But I was like, I need to bring someone in, an expert who knows her shit (laughs) that can help me understand because now this is a thing Mm -hmm. that's on my radar as a health concern. I didn't know I need to be thinking about yep just another thing that now <laughs> that now I'm thinking about all the time yeah. I'm like making shit up in my head I'm like do I is is that urination like is that did, what would do am I doing something like I'm just <laughs> driving myself a little bit crazy so I think knowledge is power right yeah absolutely you can understand what it is dysfunction mm-hmm. issues how we prep pregnancy oh I want to get into all of it sweet but I think before we like jump into the mechanics how did you get into this type of work? Yeah. Why did you go into this type of work? <laughs> I get that a question a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so really it started when I was in PT school. I like kind of accidentally by chance had a clinical in pelvic health and just fell in love with it. So So it's just like it was like part of your Yeah. 
like I, rot- a rotational thing. Okay. Right. Like I didn't choose it. I oh. kind of like marked down on like they give you like a list. Like what do you want to get experience in? Yeah. And I was like, I'm open to women's health. Uh-huh. Um, but really did not know anything about it and went in with an open mind and saw the impact that it has on people mm-hmm. and just went from there. Yeah. yeah. So you just recently graduated, yeah. right? Yeah. Yep. Well, yeah. 2020, but <laughs> yeah, no, right. No, you're not like, well, a, like a year ago. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> and working with Alex, Alexis yeah. Hutchison yeah. out of absolute kinetic mm-hmm. PT. That's great. Yeah. Um, so when you are seeing patients, like what is a very, what are the common reasons people are coming to you? Yeah. So really it all stems from, they have some type of what we call pelvic floor dysfunction. Okay. So that is such like a simple way of describing it because it can really mean so many different things. Right, 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 right. So the pelvic floor, it's for anyone that doesn't know, it's a That's a great place to start. Let's just just define (laughs) what is the pelvic floor. Yeah. So it's just a group of structures made up of muscles, nerves, ligaments, connective tissue, all these different things. Okay. Almost like any other joint. Yeah. Any be. other part of the body. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Um, but it really controls and contributes to how we pee, how we poop, yep. our sexual function, yes. core stability, and pelvic organ support. Okay. Very important. Yeah. All those things. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and so would you like describe it as it's like like the cradle of your like pelvis yeah if it's all like around that does so, it include like a hip um so the pelvic floor itself is within the pelvis within the pelvis yeah Got like it. kind of like the bottom of the pelvis and then but the hip actually really is contributed to a lot of the things we see in pelvic floor dysfunction mm. so there's a hip muscle um called your obturator internus okay i never that, heard that i know a lot of people yeah. haven't <laughs> It's just a hip muscle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is it like outside, inside? Um, so it goes in the the pelvis and then into the hip. So it's really, okay. really deep. It's not it's not one that a lot of people know about. Okay. We really honestly like breezed past it in PT school mm-hmm. because there just wasn't like a lot of emphasis on it. Mm-hmm. But in pelvic floor dysfunction, there's a huge emphasis on it. Got it. Okay. Because it's kind of like a secondary supporter to the pelvic floor. Okay. So whenever you have a dysfunction in one you probably have a dysfunction in the other kind of thing interesting yeah okay why do you think that all of a sudden this is this Mm -hmm. like popular buzzy topic when you know we were talking before we start I didn't even hear this word yeah a year ago Mm -hmm. and now it's like pelvic floor this pelvic floor that pelvic floor workshop here like what all of a sudden (laughs) it's like all over the place I know I know which is so good so I think it's really coming out because people are talking about it and Mm. there's this whole movement of like just not having any shame about anything yeah and people talking about things that are so normal right like pooping and peeing and having sex exactly like everyone does it and most people are having sex yeah i I mean i hope yeah right (laughs) i hope i mean that those two things like peeing pooping and having i hope everyone yes is doing that and i wish for a healthy experience yeah. of all three of those things because yeah. I don't know about you but the worst thing like when you're constipated mm-hmm. or you can't poop yeah that can ruin a vacation yeah absolutely bad sex also can ruin a vacation <laughs> yes <laughs> so, so you think so you think like the just the the release of shame or just like yeah. the increase in conversation that we're having about this is yes. kind of shown a spotlight on yes it. yes which is again is fantastic and there's not enough 
providers, um, like mm. pelvic PT providers and people talking about this for how many people actually do have pelvic floor dysfunction. It's grossly underdiagnosed, under talked about still, yeah. even with all the buzz right. about it, there's still so many people that still don't know about it. Yeah. And I think that there's a lot of buzz in the the health and fitness and yeah. wellness community that I'm very much a part of. But yeah. like I bet if I asked my mom, right, she'd be like, What? Right. What is that? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So or, in our group, yes, we think it's buzzy, but yeah. the general population, I'm sure, is still yeah, definitely. not and aware. There's a lot of emphasis towards um, like pregnant women or just yes. people who have had babies, Yes, which is fantastic. Like the two kind of major points in your life where you're going to have pelvic floor dysfunction, probably when you're pregnant or after right. and during menopause. Right, because but, the trauma that happens during yeah, pregnancy. Yeah, yeah, and just yeah. like the huge change in your mm. body and change um, during pregnancy and menopause, like a lot of changes are happening, mm-hmm. and that really does influence how the pelvic floor functions. Mm-hmm. So that's really, really important to talk about. But I think the most important thing that I'm really trying to get the knowledge out there yeah. is that men can have pelvic floor dysfunctions. Right. Men have a pelvis. Exactly. Yeah. I, I get that question so much. Do men have pelvic floors too? Right. <laughs> and but no, I, it's just like, right. I think if, if people can like understand it as like your shoulder joint, your yeah. knee joint, like all of these, like this yeah. is a part of the human body. Mm-hmm. But are there differences? Be- there are differences between men and women. Yeah. yeah. But mostly, yes. <laughs> that was a like, answer. I, mean, yeah. I answered my own, qu- my own question. <laughs> it's okay. I mean, there are, but all the muscles are sa- are the same. Mm. They're just lined up a little bit differently. Okay. So, like, the the anatomy more superficial is a little bit different, yeah. especially with the more superficial pelvic floor muscles. Um, but the deeper ones and the deeper layer are the same. They just have, like, a different angle of pull because the pelvis is shaped differently. Okay. So, yeah. how is it shaped differently with a man and a woman? Yeah. So, for a woman or a person with a vagina okay yeah um the pelvis is a lot wider just for birthing purposes really we hope so yeah (laughs) yeah and then um with a man or person who has a penis it's a little bit more narrow okay they don't have to they don't have to worry about that no no they don't (laughs) okay all right that makes sense so kind of getting back to dysfunction yeah do you have like categories of dysfunction yeah okay yeah okay so it's a lot more complex than this but to put it very simply um you can kind of categorize people into two extremes to again put it simply there's it's different for everyone yeah but you can have either what we call like an underactive pelvic floor where the muscles aren't strong okay or they're not activating when they need to okay underactive Mm -hmm. or you can have kind of more of a hyperactive okay pelvic floor or overactive kind of thing Uh uh-huh where the muscles aren't turning off when they need to okay and i can imagine like some painful intercourse would fall under the hyper you got it yes (laughs) right yeah so okay let's kind of break it down then by like the underdeveloped Mm -hmm. versus is hyper yeah yeah okay so sexual mm-hmm. pain with sexual intercourse yeah. can happen if they are I'm um, tight, right? Yeah, like usually. clenched. Yep, yeah. usually. Okay. Yeah. And what else could happen if they're overactive? Anything else? Yeah. So one thing is actually well, constipation's a huge one. Oh. Mostly because yeah. um, it's a term we call dyssynergic defecation, 
where the pelvic floor muscle, specifically um, the anal sphincter, yes. is actually activating when it needs to relax. So you can't put your push or poop out. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So Damn that's it. like a part of the whole hyperactive thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, that doesn't necessarily have to mean that all of their pelvic floor muscles are overactive. Okay. It's just that one. But that's that's a really common one that we see in like okay. the more hyperactive category. Okay. Um, another one that's actually surprises a lot of people is you can still have urinary incontinence. Even though they're mm-hmm. maybe tightened. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So a lot of people assume yep. that because they are having urinary incontinence. And Which means like you're like leaking. Right. And yes. Is that like you jump, you, you could pee when you sneeze. Yeah. You could be jumping. Mm-hmm. Um, or... What you could just like le- you could just pee, you just yeah. pee your pants. Yeah. So there's a lot of different categories of okay. incontinence. Yes. So the one that you were kind of talking about is stress urinary incontinence. Uh-huh. That one's super common. Yes. So the leaking when you're sneezing, coughing, jumping, it's all happening when there's a lot of stress in the body. Yeah. Yeah. I have. I'm, <laughs> I'm giggling because I was walking with a friend. Mm-hmm. I w- I will leave her anonymous in this situation, <laughs> but she will laugh when she hears this. And we'd done like a five mile walk yeah. and we were drinking coffee while we we're doing it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we kind of got lost. We were in Spring Grove Cemetery. Okay. And we got lost getting <laughs> back to the car. It's, yeah. very, it's like a maze over there. Uh-huh. And we had to pee really bad. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we were like, oh, sh- it's painful. Yes. Right? Like I yes, have a I've very full yeah. bladder. <laughs> and she sneezed and she was like, oh, I almost peed. And I was like, you f- tighten that pelvic floor, girly. <laughs> She was like, okay, but I didn't pee. Right. And I was like, okay, good. I guess that means you're okay. Clear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that, is that like a situation of like n- falls under like normal? Like is, is it so, normal to feel like, oh, you know, like yeah. I could like pee. pee. I didn't. Yeah. But like I feel the sensation because I have to pee so bad. Yeah. That one's tricky. I okay. wouldn't necessarily like jump the gun on that saying yeah. that that's a dysfunction right. just because that is very specific like yeah you right. really had to go yeah and you didn't like you were able to hold it yeah so yeah okay well, I had a, a stomach virus yeah earlier and I was so violently ill I'm oh. talking like su- vi- the yes. most violent throwing up I've ever experienced in my life like worst. heaving yeah. and I like peed a little bit because yep. I was like do I need to worry about my pelvic floor <laughs> So I would say if there are... It was very violent. Yes, if it was very (laughs) violent. (laughs) So I would say, I mean, I think everyone, there's always things that people can do to kind of be like preventative almost. Okay. Even if you're not having these like crazy symptoms. Yeah. Or like reoccurring issues. Right. There's always something to work on. Yeah. Always. No matter what. Yeah. And that's one thing that I just, I feel like a lot of people and there's a lot of fear going around about pelvic floor dysfunction right like is it strong enough is it too strong exactly. like what's going on exactly <laughs> and I think there's a lot of emphasis on strength and are these muscles like strong enough and all mm-hmm. that stuff really strength doesn't have that much to do with it mm-hmm. so it's not so much about oh my pelvic floor muscles are super super strong mm. it's whether or not can they contract when they need to mm-hmm. and can they relax when they need to mm-hmm. um so that mo- that whole like is it functioning throughout the whole range? Right. And is it doing everything that it needs to do? Yeah. Um, is more important than like actual strength. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That yeah. makes sense. That totally makes sense. Yeah. So, and, and still kind of talking about these like hyper, mm-hmm. this hyper pelvic floor where we said that could be 
you could have incontinence. Yeah. Um, how do you know? Yeah. Like, how do you, as a pelvic floor yeah. therapist, like someone comes in mm-hmm. and they're like, I've, I'm experiencing painful intercourse, whatever. How do you like diagnose the situation? Yes. So we go through, we talk a lot. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I mean, I try to get your whole story mm-hmm. and really, really understand, you know, where I think it's coming from. Mm-hmm. And then the thing that really sets like pelvic PT apart um, and why I think it's being talked a lot about and why we're kind of getting more recognition mm-hmm. is because we do what is called an internal exam. Mm. So it's really just one gloved finger mm-hmm. inserted into the vagina yep. or the rectum. Oh, that's um, fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. Yeah. That is what it is. It's it is your what job. It is. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I just have to chalk this up in my mind as things to not complain about. Like, and I'm like, I'm back to back calls. I'm like, I'm not sticking my finger in someone's ass. So it's fine. <laughs> Honestly, like... No, it's right. It's yeah. very medical. It is I very, understand. it's very routine. It is not a big deal yeah, at all. Yeah, yeah. But it is, it's not always, yeah, not always fun for the person. Right, sure. <laughs> it's, yeah. So, um, yeah, that's really the, like, gold standard to understand how the pelvic floor muscles are functioning. And you can, like, feel mm-hmm. in there, like, okay, this is tight or this is not tight yeah. or what's going on. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And sometimes I will say sometimes, you know, that internal exam, I feel like that freaks people out a little bit mm-hmm. um, because, you know, some people have gone through traumatic events. I was going to ask yeah. what this trauma yeah. really, what's it called? What is uh, it called? Just like trauma informed. Trauma informed. Yeah. yeah. What is a trauma informed treatment style? Yeah. So basically that just means that I know how to talk to mm. a person and know how to listen to someone yeah. who has been through a traumatic event. Yeah. So yeah. often that is sexual assault. Mm. Um, and basically that is just me, uh, you know, listening to their story yeah. and not being that provider who tells you that what you're experiencing is in your head mm. because that's probably my biggest biggest pet peeve yeah. about the medical community is that they don't take into account the trauma that people have experienced um and they say the wrong things or aren't very understanding or empathetic towards yeah. people um and that just makes the problem worse more than often well I can imagine too when we're talking about the pelvic floor and if there was a trauma situation Mm -hmm. like our minds are so powerful when it comes to that yeah like to say that if there was sexual abuse or whatever it was right that your body could be like all right we're fucking locking this up yes even when you want to be like I'm in a safe space it's Mm -hmm. okay like I want to be relaxed to not like have control over that right and so that's why that's why it's so important for me to approach things like in a trauma-informed way Mm -hmm. and just even if someone isn't comfortable telling me that they have been through something like that I assume that with everyone pretty much and like always explain what I'm doing why I'm doing make sure that they understand fully like the purpose behind things Mm -hmm. you know we're not just going and doing whatever yeah there's like there's a purpose for everything like I said before very medical um, yeah and very beneficial yeah but at the same time if you know that person's experience doesn't allow them to feel comfortable still um, there are definitely other ways that we can assess the pelvic floor function without doing the internal exam Uh the internal exam is really just a very beneficial tool Mm -hmm. to like directly 
mm-hmm. assess how the muscles are functioning, but there are indirect ways as well. Yeah. Do you have them do any kind of like movement or are you like kind of just feeling on the outside? Yeah. What for like, like the indirect ways. Yeah. Or, yeah. or like if they, if you are doing an internal exam, is there mm-hmm. anything else you would add to it? Yeah. yeah. So I, for the internal part, for mm-hmm. like the direct assessment, yeah. Um, I often have people do like a cough or oh. even like a crunch. Oh, it is a little bit challenging to like get them up and moving. You get there is a test um, that has someone standing mm-hmm. to test like how the structures are actually um, functioning against gravity, oh. essentially. But it is pretty challenging. Like, you can't have them walk around while you're doing it. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, it's okay. But I do have them, like, crunch Mm, or do mm -hmm. something where their abdominal pressure is increased. Mm -hmm. Because often with pelvic floor dysfunction, the pelvic floor is, like, a bystander. And that's something that a lot of people... um, Another thing, like, everyone's so focused on the pelvic floor, but really the dysfunction's probably coming from the abdomen and the core. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So it's everything above it, sometimes below it. But the pelvic floor, because it's, like, always activated, it's really a stability, Mm -hmm. um, like, group of muscles. Yeah. That it kind of takes the grunt of it, and that's where we see the symptoms. Mm. But often, it's coming from somewhere else. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. I I feel like... that's how it is with the body in general. Yeah, definitely. Like pain shows up in your knee, but it's yeah. really your right shoulder. Right. Or like you're having like lower back pain and it's just your fucking sinuses. I don't know. Yeah. But there, it's like just nothing shows up where you think that exactly. it should show up. Exactly. Yeah. Which is interesting. Yeah. All right. Who started working out at home during the pandemic and decided this may just be the permanent move for me? No commute times. No dealing with rush hour traffic at 5.30 p.m. to get to your 6 p.m. group fitness class and you're already sweating profusely before you even walk in the door because you're anxious about being late and someone being in your spot. (sighs) Getting flashbacks. No dealing with other gym goers not putting their weights back correctly or maybe like hogging the squat rack or something. Maybe you even have a little corner in your house or garage that you've turned into the perfect cardio strength oasis. At any rate, if you're loving working out from home, I've got a special treat for you. Past guest Casey Hilmer of Power Ride, you remember her. She survived a near deadly stabbing attack while she was out on a run. Very strong girly all around. She has an on-demand library full of classes to keep you moving at home. For $19.99 a month, you'll get access to over 100 workout videos, plus five new classes are added each week. You can pick from cardio classes, treadmill classes, and strength classes, ranging from 10 to 60 minutes. So truly, whatever, whenever you can get it in, there's something for you. Casey is so energetic and full of life. Her classes will absolutely have you sweating, building, and burning. Click the link in the show notes or What The Fit Podcast Instagram bio and sign up today. This is big self-care. Giving yourself the gift of a workout programmed for you to do anywhere. Come on. Okay, so you can assess people that way, mm-hmm. and you obviously go through, you know, lots of, have lots of conversation oh, yeah. and understand. And 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 most of the time, mm-hmm. people are coming in with a probably a very specific issue, oh, right? Yeah. Like I am constipated, yeah. or I am peeing all the time, or yep. whatever. Yeah, definitely. Okay, interesting. Okay, so what about the underdeveloped? Like, what are yeah. some 
associations or symptoms that arise with under underdeveloped? Yeah, so underdeveloped is usually happening around um, pregnancy, menopause kind of okay. changes. When we're seeing a change in hormones, okay. when we're seeing a change in like the actual pressure on the pelvic floor and everything, especially with pregnancy. But one thing that's actually super interesting with a lot of the pregnant people that I've been seeing recently is that they're actually having um, an overactive like pelvic floor reaction to being pregnant. How does that work? So, you know, you have like all that weight on your pelvic floor for all those months. Yes. You would think that the pelvic floor would just kind of stretch out, get weak. Yeah. Because is that what it is in like Hormones are like kind of causing things to soften, right? That's part of it. Okay. That's part okay. of it. Okay. So, um, with the pelvic floor, though, it really is like the the increase in weight. The increase in weight. Change in like um, center of gravity and all of okay. that stuff. It, it, that does change a lot. Okay. So you think I should wear a pregnancy suit <laughs> to prepare my body? <laughs> well, <laughs> You I'm can very, try I'm it. very concerned about. It. Okay, maybe we'll talk about pregnancy prep later. Yeah. We'll just keep on keep on what we're talking about. Underdeveloped. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that being pregnant can contribute to that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So both ways, though. So it could be yeah. the un, the uh, like true weakness, mm-hmm. but it can also be that those muscles are reacting to that increase in weight. They're always being active. They're not getting that relaxation yes. that they need. So. Just like a bicep, like your bicep muscle. If you walk around with your bicep flexed all the time, it's going to get super, super tired. Yeah. And it's going to get weak because yeah. of that fatigue. It's like how we're sitting all the time. Right. And so our hips, we are like not developing our posterior chain. Yeah. So everyone has hip tightness yes. and back, lower back pain. Yes. Yeah. I'm really fucking smart. <laughs> no, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. And I, when you said that, I just have a... A prediction of my body that's what my body's gonna do yeah <laughs> that's what your body's gonna that's do. what my body seems to do <laughs> during pregnancy or just in general like i have my prediction when i get pregnant that's oh. what it will do okay okay just gotcha. from past experiences with yeah. this old girly i think she's just gonna <laughs> just gonna hold the tension gotcha <laughs> that's what we like to do well there's things you can yeah. do about <laughs> yeah, it so. yeah. okay well then let's let's talk about preparing yeah pre-pregnancy, during, I don't know if there's anything happening there, and then post. Yeah, absolutely. What can people do? How do you know Mm -hmm. if there is something going on that you need to talk to someone? Yeah. Let's just start. Okay, start. So, okay, let's start with pre. Yeah. Right? Okay, Mm -hmm. you find out you're pregnant. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. (laughs) What do you do? So, usually you, um, I mean, if any time during pregnancy you're having any aches, pains, especially like low back pain, SI joint pain. Okay. Any pains. So this is not a thing where you're like, ah, it's just part of being pregnant. You got to fucking live with it. Nope. So that is such a huge, I know, I know. Glad we said it. Such a huge misconception because, and that's really like, go back to the medical community. Mm -hmm. They don't know about how these muscles are supposed to be functioning and Mm -hmm. how the body functionally is changing. Mm -hmm. And so they don't know how to address it. Um, just using your own body yeah so uh, you know they don't have a medicine for it they don't have a surgery for it obviously right right. and so in that perspective perspective there's nothing they can do Mm -hmm. so that's where the whole oh that's normal yeah you just talk about you just do about it yeah clench your back and (laughs) walk try not to walk a lot exactly there you go yeah yeah but 
there's actually quite a lot that you could do about it. Oh, yes. And if, you know, you have a healthy pregnancy, obviously, there are still medical things that um, some people are not appropriate to maybe exercise as much as mm. others and, mm-hmm. like, get the same type right. of treatment. Right, But for the most, um, for the majority of healthy pregnant people, there are a ton of options. Okay. Yeah. When do you see, like... Obviously, I would think like the first trimester, there's not maybe much going on because there's not a lot of stress, you know, you're not really growing too big. Yeah. So maybe when does it start to, you see people start to like have some issues? Yeah. um, I actually have seen people um, for like SI joint pain within their first trimester. What's SI joint? So um, can you imagine like the spine? I can't imagine the spine. So where the kind of spine ends into the pelvis. Okay. That kind of like V-shaped end of the bone, almost like the tailbone kind of area. Okay. So where the the sacrum Uh um, meets the... The pelvis. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Got yeah. it. Makes sense. So kind of like really low back. Really like low super, back. Super, super low back. Technically not really your back. Yeah. But, but we associate it with the back. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So um, SI joint is a really, really common okay. thing that I see. It can happen definitely in the first trimester. Um, but the one thing that you just have to be kind of careful of is there's a lot of risk in first trimester. Oh, okay. So there's yeah. just a lot of things from a pelvic health perspective that we don't do Mm. um so definitely not doing any internal work just Mm -hmm. because there's the kind of the added risk and just unknown of the first trimester that's really it yeah um but after that there's kind of a controversy actually oh i love a controversy yes drama Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. so a lot of people because there's not a lot of research on pregnant women and um just everyone you know no one wants to get sued essentially mm-hmm. yeah that everyone just stays away from pregnant people oh. and they're like oh you're pregnant i can't work with you mm. kind of thing and when that's who needs it the most exactly exactly Jeez. yeah so after the first trimester you're really and again as long as they're healthy as long as they're safe i always have a conversation with the ob yeah yeah like making sure right there might be something the patient doesn't know right right um so, you know, we often do an internal exam to yep. really assess how the pelvic floor muscles are working. Yep. Because part of, you know, their low back pain, part of their pubic symphysis pain, like SI yeah. pain, all these different things can be contributed from this change in the pelvic floor, mm. from the change that's happening in their abdomen. Okay. All these different changes yeah. can be contributed to pelvic floor. Yeah. And um, there's a lot you can do even during pregnancy okay. to what, address those. What can you do? Yes. Yeah, so what can you do? Things. Please. Just try, <laughs> what get, is, what get right to the point. <laughs> <laughs> so if it's um, kind of more on the underactive side of things, really just making sure that the muscles are functioning properly. Okay. So a lot of what I do is like um, making sure that they're breathing properly. So okay. a lot of people... Um, you know, aren't really aware that the pelvic floor is really directed or like connected to how you breathe. Yeah. So you have your diaphragm muscle that sits at the bottom of your ribs mm-hmm. and it runs parallel to your pelvic floor. Mm-hmm. So the things to make up like your whole entire core are supposed to be functioning together. Mm-hmm. So often when we see pelvic floor dysfunction, whether it's the underactive, overactive, whatever, yeah. the breathing mechanics aren't right. And is that just because we've never been taught to breathe properly or is that some people maybe are genetically lean towards like how does that happen how do we how do we not know how to breathe right yeah it can be 
honestly, I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> I, I, mean, I have a lot of theories, but I do think um, a lot of it attributes to stress. Oh, uh, we're, we're, we're having like shallow Chest, breaths. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Damn it. Yes. Okay. So in order to activate the diaphragm, you have to breathe through your nose. A lot of people nowadays are mouth breathers. Okay. Or you don't have to, but that's like the most efficient way to really activate it. Okay. I breathe through my nose. Yeah, good. Good. Check. Step one. <laughs> Step one. <laughs> <laughs> and then whenever you get stressed, I mean, just think about it, like your shoulders come up yeah. to your ears, like right. all these different things. And that perpetuates chest breathing, mm. which when we want to really activate the diaphragm, we want a good kind of mix between your abdomen and your chest and kind of shooting for that lower rib cage expansion mm -hmm. because that's where the diaphragm is yep yeah so you can just work with people on activating those that proper breathing technique yep, yep. and that's often step one I like yeah. I take that I take everyone through that it yeah. doesn't matter I know and like the last thing probably a pregnant mm -hmm. woman wants to hear when she's in agony with her back is like no you just gotta breathe right You're like <laughs> bitch please help me <laughs> like no this is it yeah yeah oh my god okay so <laughs> what else Breathing. Mm -hmm. What are those, some other things? Um, just, and then kind of taking a step further, just making sure that the pelvic floor is functioning. And that really yeah. looks different for everyone. Right. Yeah. Individual approach. Yeah. 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 But for pregnancy, I will say like the breathing does look a little bit different because mm -hmm. depending on how far you are in the first, like second ish trimester. Okay. We can breathe the same. Yeah. But as you get on, that space is taken up. The diaphragm yes. can't move so much. Oh, yeah. So the breathing is a little bit different. Um, but yeah. Okay. I'm just thinking, like, I'm just pr picturing a pregnant woman. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you can just get so large. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like, that is, feels like that's so much stress. Yes. So is there anything to do, like, pre-pregnancy to prepare yeah like, okay yeah oh yeah definitely okay what can what can we do to help yeah. prepare so I mean just optimizing how everything works really okay. and I know that sounds simple but <laughs> is it look like you know we talked about the connection to the core is it like okay having a a healthy functioning core and like then yes. what does a healthy functioning core look like because maybe yeah. it's not just strength right yes it's it's sequence and balance so a lot of times um, what I see is people when they're doing these core exercises and everything, they're actually overacting or overactivating like their six pack muscles, like the rectus abdominis, uh -huh. their obliques, all these more superficial mm. abdominal muscles. And they're not activating that deeper kind of corset muscle, what uh -huh. we call the transverse abdominis. Okay. So the important thing about that muscle is that it has fascial connections into the pelvic floor. Oh, wow. Okay. So if you can imagine like your deep core is kind of like a Coke can. Okay. And the pelvic floor is the bottom. That transverse abdominis is the walls. Okay. And then kind of in the back of that Coke can where the yeah. seam is, yep. you have what's called your multifidi muscles, uh -huh. which is along the spine. Okay. And then the top is your diaphragm. Okay. So these four muscles have to be working together and doing what we call like pressure management mm. in order for everything to work properly. So how do we get those working well yeah. together? So there's I've a lot Pilates. of different. Yeah, you would think. <laughs> so it is if you're doing it right. Okay. That's important. Yes, I'm that's, sure. It is very important. Yeah. Because. It's so core, and not to knock Pilates, I mean, it's fantastic. Yeah. It, it really is a good core-focused, yeah. you know, movement exercise. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. 
But if you don't have the proper like foundational core strength, mm-hmm. which is that Coke can mm-hmm. that I was talking about, then you're going to compensate. Mm-hmm. And the more you compensate, the more we perpetuate some of these dysfunctions that we see. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So how do we strengthen the Coke can? Yes. So I always start with that kind of diaphragmatic breathing, making sure that the top and the bottom are, okay. you know, working together. And then we focus on really kind of isolating that TA muscle mm-hmm. with um, like that sinking of the diaphragm and the pelvic floor. Okay. So just like doing all these different exercises that really bring these like four things together, mm-hmm. focusing more on stability. Okay. So a lot of, well, you know, like people do crunches, yeah. Russian twists, right. like all these different things. Right. <laughs> nothing wrong with them. No, right, right, right. I do them too. Yeah, yeah. But, but when we're trying to really focus on how that foundational strength is, um, we need to focus more on the stability of it because that's that part of the body's job yeah yeah Yeah. how would you work with stability so I do a lot of like bird dogs oh yeah yeah okay things where you're not like like bear holds yes love bear holds yes Yes. okay great I do these with my strength coach we do a lot of these so it's making it's validating my experience great okay still want to make sure you're doing them right though (laughs) yes yeah yeah, because you can still compensate yeah but just the fact that you're doing more of the stability core stuff is still really good yeah great Uh, so, okay. So question. Yeah. So, and this is selfish, personal question of my yeah. own. I will likely be getting pregnant yeah. at the end of this year, maybe early yeah. next year. Yeah. As I'm having that preparation work. Yeah. Is it, what, do you think it would be helpful, valuable mm-hmm. to like come see you yeah. and you can like take a look at mm-hmm. what's going on mm-hmm. to be like, okay, maybe we need to do some work here before we're going to add all this stress yes. to your pelvic floor. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. And that's just... not just to say, come see me. <laughs> like, no, yeah. really. <laughs> it is like never too early, never too late. Like there's always a benefit at some point. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Okay. So let's say we get through the pregnancy. Yeah. We have the babe. Yeah. Then we got to deal with this disaster, right? What's, what? <laughs> it's not always a disaster. <laughs> Oh, God, it just seems like in my mind, <laughs> like we just said, right, you're huge and then you're not and you were carrying this baby and then like what? And then you have to birth the baby. Uh-huh. And even if you don't birth the baby, even if you have a C-section, yeah. I heard then we still got to be oh, thinking yeah. about the pelvic floor. Oh, yeah. That's that's a huge thing. Yes. Okay. So we got the baby out. Yeah. Then what what do we what comes next? What do yeah. we do? And what can we expect that maybe the, we we don't know about yeah yeah so i mean there's just a lot of things so what we're looking at postpartum is kind of the same of what we're looking at pre Mm. like prenatal Mm -hmm. so making sure that the muscles are still functioning properly um a lot of times what we see postpartum is what we call pelvic organ prolapse what's that so that's just like um you have like all your organs right in the pelvis yeah so the bladder the if you have a vagina uterus vagina and uterus um and then the rectum okay so Sometimes, not all the time. Yeah. This is not like a fear mongering thing. No, this I is know. something to just be aware of. I know. I'm always afraid on this podcast, but like <laughs> I'm just projecting my own insecurities and anxieties onto everyone else. And they're like, we weren't even worried about this, Chrissy, yeah, right. until we heard you freaking out about it. Right. But it is something that happens quite a bit. Um, and it's just something to be aware of and, you know, not life threatening. Yeah. I think, like I said, knowledge means. is power. Exactly. We just are aware. Exactly. 
Yeah. So what can happen is that the like structural integrity of like the vaginal canal changes. Okay. And so what happens is the rectum can kind of push into the vagina or the bladder can push into the vagina or the uterus can push down into the vagina. And this is just, it could could happen during birth. Yeah. Or during pregnancy. We usually see it during pregnancy, during birth. Um, It can happen without having a kid too, though. It can happen for a lot of different reasons. It's actually really, really associated with lifters. Oh, like all, heavy? Yeah. Heavy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Makes all sense. because, it, I mean, we see it in all these populations because of that abdominal pressure. Mm, makes sense. That is like the kind of common denominator. Okay. So um, basically what that means is, and there's a lot of different grades, a lot of different levels to it. Um, but if you're kind of at like a lower grade. Yeah. That it really just, some people will have it and they don't even know. Mm. Um, it can progress sometimes, um, but really it just influences how those organs work. Mm, so if it. you have that rectum kind of pushing forward, it just changes where the, the rectum sits. Mm. And so you can have constipation. Oh, um, You can have pelvic pain because things are kind of going necessarily yeah. where they shouldn't. And yeah. there's a lot of pressure going down into the pelvic floor. So all these different things um, yeah. that by like influencing how the muscles are working Mm -hmm. can influence the support Mm -hmm. to all those organs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So after someone has given birth Mm -hmm. and I've heard, right. Mm -hmm. I've heard from multiple people now, like almost no matter what your OBGYN says, like go see a pelvic floor therapist. And can you help assess like, okay, Hey, things are looking good to mm-hmm. like start getting back into yes. workout. Like what does that look like? So another big thing that happens after you have a baby yeah. is you go back for your six week checkup. Six weeks. Right. This and, is the magic number. Right. And they like that your OB is really just looking at, are you healed? Okay. Healed from like a tissue. Okay. Yeah. If that yes. happened, like if you had an episiotomy or like What's an, an episiotomy um, or they cut the tissue in order to make room for the baby. Oh, I thought they didn't do that anymore. They still yeah. do that. So sometimes people do. Okay. Yeah. It is dying down, which is very, very good news. Oh but God. I just like can't even think about it. And that <laughs> is something to where you would just have a conversation with your provider and okay. make sure. Like, Hey, don't do that. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Because isn't it better to <laughs> like, if it's going to tear to let it tear on its yes. own? Yes. That's what yeah. I've heard. And I know nothing. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Cause when you do an episiotomy and the baby comes out, it's more likely to tear more than what it would naturally. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, but the kind of problem with that is that it often tears into the muscle Mm. can, depending on the grade. Mm. So, um, yeah, that's just another kind of layer of what we're looking at postpartum as if you had any like lacerations or even C-section, like Uh these are, the C-section is a major surgery. Yes. Right. (laughs) So just making sure that everything is mobile and functioning properly and healed properly from our standpoint. Yeah. Or standpoint is really important. Right. Okay. So you were saying the OBGYN is usually looking like, okay, looking for structure and they're saying six weeks. Yeah. And then that's when a lot of people are like, okay, I can go back to the gym. They cleared me. Yeah. Yeah. But But. (laughs) But. what the, you know, physician isn't necessarily taking into account just because that's not what they're looking at. Right. Um, is the whole person yes. and how the whole body is functioning. And, you know, even though you 
just delivered a baby, even though that part of the pregnancy is over, you still have this whole transition back mm-hmm. to, you know, your body changing mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't just happen in six weeks, almost never. Yeah. And some people it does. Yes. Most people not. Okay. <laughs> Especially if you're getting back to lifting or yeah. running or all these different things. It yeah. takes time. Yeah. Definitely. How, so are you able to kind of help people work through that based yeah. on the function of the pelvic floor to be like, okay, yes, we're looking now, maybe start introducing these exercises or like now you can do that. Or is it more like, okay, hey, try it and then see what it's like? No, it's usually progressive. Okay. Yeah. So we're really, really isolating that foundational core, mm. making sure that that is working properly Then we start adding movement to kind of challenge that. Mm. And then we start doing like more sport specific stuff Mm. and making sure that they are like safe and um, ready to go back. Are you working on your fitness? Are you working for that next level fitness? Prism is a new level of Pilates. People who go to Prism don't go to class to fuck around, period. They go for the slow, deep breath, killer Pilates workout. Reformer Pilates can seem intimidating. I hear you there, but Prism welcomes all new clients to come check out their studio, which is beautiful, by the way, with a free intro to Reformer class every Saturday at 11 a.m. and offers a one-week unlimited for just $30 for new clients. Prism's teachers, all of whom went through Prism's teacher training, will leave you feeling empowered and inspired and most definitely shaking. Pilates is so much more than a system of movement. It's a methodology for cultivating self-confidence, poise, and the power to claim the most out of life. Fuck yeah to all of that. So go check out Prism and Oakley and book your class through the MindBody app today. So if it's really not this like six week number, what is realistic Mm -hmm. time frame for women Totally depends. Totally depends. I, <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I absolutely I know. understand that. I know. But is it, what, what have you seen? Yeah. In the like, ranges even. Yeah. I mean, I've seen people need all the way up to like 18 months. Right. I mean, the fourth, trima- the, the fourth trimester is kind of a new term. Yeah. Yeah. Where after you've had the baby, like it can take up to a year or two years yep. to really get back. Right. Um, sometimes it just takes more time for people. Right. Especially if you've had all these different layers, if you've had like a traumatic birth, yeah, um, any type of use of like forceps, like all these different things yeah. are associated with um, more changes mm-hmm. and more time that's needed to kind of recover from that. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's helpful to know. Yes. All that's helpful to know. Yeah. I, I really want to talk about the pelvic floor for LGBTQ+. Yes. Yeah. Because I feel like I don't really know anything about this. Yeah. Yeah. So where do you kind of deal with in that area? Yeah. So I always kind of like start off by saying, you know, I work with people in their sex lives. Yeah. So I think from my point of view, it's really important for me to understand Mm -hmm. and to just like acknowledge that not everyone is having penetrative sex a Mm -hmm. um that it's not always between someone who has a penis and someone who has a vagina yeah 
it looks different for everyone. Yes. And so it's really important for me to kind of meet you where your goals are. Mm. So if you come to me and have like painful intimacy, mm-hmm. well, what does that mean to you? Right. Like, what does sex mean to you? What does that look like? Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. So A, I just want people to know that I am like empathetic mm, and I can mm-hmm. understand where they're coming from yeah. and I'm not going to judge them like right. most people in the medical yeah. community. Right, so. right, 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 right. No, that's good to know. Yes. That's good to know. But um, one really, really big part of that community is um, those who are trans. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like pre-post affirmation surgeries, yep. there's a lot of change to the pelvic anatomy. Oh my gosh, I, yeah. yeah. Yeah, especially when um, you are transitioning or um, from male to female. Male to female, that's what I was thinking. That they specifically take out one of the pelvic floor muscles oh, they to do. make room for the neo-vagina. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that changes a lot, mm-hmm. just in general, um, specifically specifically for that type of procedure but um just in general i mean i having can surgery. imagine you like absolutely need yeah. to see a therapist right yeah for that whole interworking yeah absolutely do you have to like retrain the body if you remove um, like is there any yeah it so seems so complicated it, there is actually a lot of retraining to yeah. it because we don't think about it because you know i'm cis i was born with a vagina no exactly we, i know you, most people are not thinking about their pelvic floor exactly. functioning at all yeah yeah so um when you you know have like this change you do kind of have to relearn how to use everything yeah essentially yeah. yeah and it is different yeah so yeah, yeah. Yeah, that just um, reminded me when you were saying, like, you don't, as a mm-hmm. cis female, you don't think about your pelvic right, floor that yeah. you're born with. Yeah. I have um, a family member that's really close to me that's transgendered. Yeah. And she had said, you know, as she was coming out yeah. and and talking to us and, and, you know, I just wanted to hear her story and, like, understand mm-hmm. everything that went on the first 21 years of her life to, right. like, getting to this point. Yeah. And she said something to me that just like completely like encapsulated this the whole sentiment with transgender people and she was mm-hmm. like every single day I questioned and thought about my gender. Yep. She's like have you ever thought about your gender? Right. And I was like no. Yeah. Never has that that thought even yeah crossed my mind. like no it, no. Yeah. Yeah, I know. and then it just—I feel like that just really holds the weight mm-hmm. of of what this community mm-hmm. is is going through and like what what's on their mind. Of like, we can't even yeah understand Fathom. that concept. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So yeah. I just thought, yeah, that no. just like really stuck with me. Yeah, it's really powerful. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is splinting? Yes, <laughs> I so- have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> so that actually goes back to. Um, a lot of people use splinting. It's just like a technique okay. for when you have pelvic or, or bleh, I can't talk <laughs> pelvic organ prolapse. Oh, okay. So when you have that like decrease, um, like structural integrity, mm-hmm. that you can use the fingers and insert them uh-huh. into your vagina, uh-huh. and it kind of like places, it, like takes, it adds support to everything essentially. Oh, okay. Um, or you can like splint the perineum yep. and that adds support as well okay um, and that just really helps people have bowel movements oh yeah okay yeah, yeah. got it yeah totally makes sense totally interesting <laughs> uh okay well while we're on the topic of bowel yeah. movements i just really need may- maybe one 
you are not you are not going to be able to solve this issue. I don't think because I do not <laughs> think this is a pelvic floor issue. So when I travel, yeah, I oftentimes will not have regular yes. bowels. Okay, yeah. and I, and I'm talking like when I'm at home, mm-hmm. I am a once a day girly mm-hmm. in the morning. I mean, I'm very proud of my bowel movements. Yeah. They're well formed. <laughs> like I don't ha- I don't have an issue there. Right. right? But when I travel. Mm-hmm. It's not that I can't poop, mm-hmm. but my my regularity is just off. Okay, yeah. when I come home, when I literally turn on the street yeah. that I live on, mm-hmm. I immediately have to take a shit. Yep. What is that? Stress, <sighs> stress response. Yeah, definitely. So there's wow. there's a huge huge connection. The the whole like, like I don't think I'm stressed on vacation. I know, I know, but it's your body's like we don't response. know what's going on. This exactly. is different. That something's different. This could be something's up. Yeah, because when we're stressed, even and that's the like really really funny thing about stress is that you don't have to feel like your hair is falling out. Kind of stressed in order to be stressed. Like if there's stress on your body, yeah, it changes how it functions. Wow, that's yeah. incredible. Yeah, and the gut is fascinating and again I was talking to my acupuncturist about it and you know I told had this whole thing and Mm -hmm. and she was like you know well now once you're home are your bowel movements right I'm like oh yeah yeah no as soon as I get home there it's not like it's a recovery period it's not something like oh I was dehydrated right I mean I'm sure that plays a little bit of into it flying whatever does yeah but like it's not like I'm have recovery time to get back to normal like I'm immediately right back to normal once I'm home in my routine in my safe space yeah exactly that is crazy. Yeah. Isn't your body so and it's, and that it yeah. knows that it's almost home? Right. Yeah. So your gut Like you got your good toilet waiting for you. Everything's fine. Hopefully your squatty potty. Yeah. Oh, I don't have a squatty oh, potty. Well, you need to get one. Do I need to get <laughs> yes. one? Yes. I talked about a squatty potty in another episode. Yeah. I know, I've heard. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Even if I'm okay pooping, I don't have any problems, I still need one? Yeah. So what it does is it doesn't have to be the squatty potty. No, just right. something to where your knees are up above. above your hips. Yes. Because that specifically type of position relaxes one of the pelvic floor muscles okay. that acts as a sling to the rectum. Okay. So when you relax that, everything straightens out and gravity does its job. And okay. That's really important because if it's not we're kind of going against resistance essentially and we're having to strain so if we're constantly putting pressure down into the pelvic floor yep yep all right so that's one of the other things that i i tell everyone get a squatty potty exactly yeah wow yeah damn that's not cute (laughs) it's okay hey they make them really pretty i know they're like acrylic really slick and yeah no i'm gonna gonna get a clear acrylic one (laughs) yeah okay that's good. That's good advice. All yeah, right. Yeah. All right. Wow, that's crazy. Um, okay, do we have anything else to talk about the pelvic floor that I've missed or any other things before we kind of switch gears a little bit? Um, I mean, I feel like I could talk about it all day. Is there so. anything that's like been on your mind or that you really wish people knew that they didn't? Yeah. I mean, I guess my biggest thing is just um, that really like anyone can benefit from it. Yeah. So like we kind of talked about you don't have to have had a baby mm-hmm. you don't have to be pregnant mm-hmm. you don't have to be going through menopause like if you're a 20 something year old like female male non-binary like yeah. it does not matter if you are having these symptoms you can benefit from it mm-hmm. so I guess that's just always my biggest thing is just knowing yeah. that um definitely 
help out there for you, even if the majority of what is being talked about isn't necessarily marketed towards marketed you. towards yes. you. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah. Okay, Tyler, how do you take care of yourself? What's yeah. your fitness routine look like? Mm-hmm. Like, how are you staying healthy? Squatty potty. Squatty potty. Yes. All right, we got that. <laughs> um. So my, I guess my like go to type of fitness yeah. really. Um, I actually don't have like anything super structured. Yeah. So I feel like for me, because I come from a background where I was thankfully very type A, Mm. everything had to be planned out. Mm. Um, everything needed to be controlled. Sure. And that just led to a lot of actually more unhealthy habits Mm. than healthy. Yeah. And so I've kind of found this really happy balance of just doing whatever I feel my body needs to do. Oh yeah. And that's it. That's great. Yeah. What have you been gravitate gravitating towards lately? Yeah. So I do a lot of adventure sports. Adventure sports. Adventure stuff. What? Yes. What is that? <laughs> so I um, rock climb primarily. Oh damn. Yeah. Do you? I do. Wow. I have to introduce you to my husband. <laughs> he loves rock climbing. Yes. Where it's do you go? Addicting. Um. So to the gym, I currently go to climb, climb Oakley. Ta- oh, okay. Climb time Oakley. Yeah. Yeah. yeah climb yeah. time. Um, and sometimes a mosaic too, Most, kind yeah. of switch between the two. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then outside, I mean, we've been kind of all over the world. Mm. So. Do you climb outside? Oh yeah. Oh damn. Yeah. Do you ever go to the gorge and climb? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We yeah. have to talk. We've been, I, I do not. Yeah. I do not climb. Okay. I've been climbing before. Like mm-hmm. I've had the experience. It was fine. Yeah. It's it's not for me. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's for me. <laughs> I understand that people are very into it. Right. And I. I so we hike all the okay, time. Okay, yeah. And because I ha- I go hiking with people mm-hmm. that love to climb. Yeah. We tend to do trails always with scrambles. Right. And cl- and, That's awesome. and that kind of thing. <laughs> yes. And so I am forced against my will yeah. to do these things that I find very frightening. <laughs> I will say as I do after I do them, it's yeah. very rewarding, yes. and I'm glad that I did it. Mm-hmm. But sometimes in the moment, I'm like shaking against the side of a rock, or like bear climbing up the side of a rock. And yeah, I'm like fuck it, fucking hate this. Yeah, but then I feel better about it. Right. We went out to Sedona yeah. this past week, mm-hmm. and climbing there mm-hmm. was amazing. Yeah, because the rock is so grippy. Yes, like you don't feel like it's you're awesome. gonna fall at all. I'm like, I yeah. will climb for days in right. this situation. Yeah, sometimes at like the gorge when yeah. it's like that real slick, slick. rock yeah. that can get a little scary. To yes, me. yes, yeah. So I've been to Joshua Tree. Oh, which that's on my is list. another area. I've never been to Sedona, but Joshua Tree's rock. It's probably the same, honestly. Mm, yeah, it's fantastic. Like you can walk. You're like up magnetized it. to it's, it. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's awesome. But then you go to like West Virginia mm-hmm. and it's granite. Yeah, and it's frightening. No, <laughs> it's that... terrifying. <laughs> wow. Okay. So do you do anything to like support your climbing activities? Yeah. Do you do like lifting or anything? To, like Mostly strengthen like your injury forearms? prevention. Yes, definitely lifting. Just yeah. because I like it, honestly. Yeah. And yeah. Lifting's still important for climbing, but um, yeah. No, uh, like for forearms and arms and everything, like you get a lot when you're climbing. So yeah, I try not to do. do too much outside of that. Yeah. Um, besides like finger strengthening kind oh, of things. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. No. Do you, um, how long have you been climbing? Uh, like two years. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Did you listen to uh, a Joe Rogan podcast with that woman that... I love Joe Rogan. Did you listen to the episode with that uh, one woman that... Emily. Yes, Emily. I didn't I didn't know that he had her on, but I assumed because she almost died. 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah. she was talking about how she, like, trains her fingers. And she's okay. literally, like, hanging. Just, yeah. like, hangboards. Yeah, so hangboarding. For, like, minutes at yeah. a time. Yeah. You do that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. gosh. <laughs> it's not that bad. That's it's another <laughs> reason why I don't like climbing those, because I like to have my nails done. Yes. And you cannot. Well, see, you can I have can... short. You can have short nails. Yes. But yeah. I like to have them. Okay, like yeah, to, you can't have long You can't nails. have long no. nails. That will hurt. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, yeah. so good. You're, you're rock climbing, mm-hmm. adventure sports. Yeah. That's really fun. Yeah, it is fun. What else do you do outside of, like, physical fitness stuff to yeah. feel good? Um, I mean, I don't know, actually. I feel like my physical part of everything is my like mental and emotional Mm -hmm. side of stuff too yeah so I tend to choose things that like really put me out of my comfort zone okay so I really got into rock climbing I was not a fan of heights so sure I guess I gravitate logical thing to do (laughs) right yeah (laughs) I gravitate towards things that like address my fears Mm. I think and that's really brings in the emotional and kind of mental aspect of it too yeah do a lot of examining yeah like self-talk right yeah yeah Yeah. so Anything where I feel like I have to control, um, like, my response and, like, basically talk myself down, mm-hmm. I think is really just beneficial for, like, my mental strength yep. and confidence and all of that. Yeah. So, I still think, I would say, like, all of that's kind of grouped together for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything just, like, okay, so, like, right now for me, a big mm-hmm. part of my self-care routine mm-hmm. is watching the show Rain on Netflix. I've never heard of it. It's a medieval soap opera. Oh, it's <laughs> it's so good. But but really, it's just like I need like a little decompression time yeah. at the end of a day because I'm yeah. usually working like right up to, you know, an eight or nine o'clock, right. and I can't. And I I need like a boundary. Yeah. To then it's like okay, work is done. My brain is shutting off. Yeah. I have this lovely ridiculous stupid mm-hmm. show mm-hmm. that I'm gonna do for 40 minutes yeah. before I go to bed and right. even before I like do my night time it's just like my step into a non-working world yeah so I consider that like a strong piece of like hey this is how I know I'm gonna feel yeah. my best is watching this stupid tv show definitely. do you have anything like that that you like to do yeah I like to go on walks and oh, I definitely yeah. definitely have stupid tv shows that yeah I like to right, watch too. Right, right right I right, definitely right. I can 100 percent get on board with the whole not paying attention really but just kind of getting out of the whole like mindset of the day yes and it's just like this total I mean yes fantasy world and (laughs) I just get like very very into tv shows yeah like one of those types yeah and yeah I just I'm just now thinking about this one character that just died and I (laughs) Don't you hate that when you yes. get so invested? Yes. And then they die yes. or they do something bad and then it feels like a part of your life is just well, like drastic. I was changed. like the episode that I watched last night mm-hmm. and I watch like I usually watch just like one a night. Mm-hmm. Some if I can like if I can work into I will because they always end on a cliffhanger. Yes. Oh, I and hate that. I know. <laughs> I love I know. it but I hate it. Right, exactly. I'm like <laughs> I got to go to bed. I know. But this last, I mean, it was, I was just really disappointed and mm-hmm. sad. And then I was almost like, well, damn it. Now I'm like, even, it feels like I, maybe I just ruined my night. I know. Because <laughs> of this TV show. I'm going to bed sad. Yeah. But then I will say that, like, I'm thinking back on the night, right? And I, like, climbed into bed. I don't think I was thinking about it anymore. Yeah. Like, it was just, like, in that moment. And then I was like, okay, it's, it's whatever. Yeah. It's not real. So it's not a lot. Yeah. It's not real. <laughs> 
could remember. Oh my god. Okay, so Tyler, what does being fit mean to you? Yes. So I think for me, kind of, I mean, going back to everything we talked about. So just finding a balance between the physical, mental, emotional, mm-hmm. spiritual, whatever kind of yeah. you know aspects you have. Um, and for me, it's really about stepping out of my comfort zone. So mm, I love you know, that. I wasn't keen on heights so I started rock climbing so you climbed up a rock now I love being high up like yeah. heights are my favorite thing now I hate that I'm working on this one I have like a deathly fear death like terrible fear of the ocean oh and I'm getting scuba certified this summer. oh my god are you afraid that you're gonna get eaten by a shark definitely I 100% <laughs> I feel that yes. I, I can I'm okay like I'm okay to go in the ocean I just like don't think about it but if I st- I can really get myself going yeah yeah so just finding those things where I, you have to have the balance of the physical you know strength yeah. and like agility all that but also you have to have the mental emotional strength as well mm-hmm. um so that's really my like idea of being fit yeah yeah. It's just having everything balanced um, for, you know, what I need at yeah. that moment. And having your Coke, Coke can. And the Coke can, balanced. Yes. Everything's balanced Have there, too. Have a strong Coke can. Yes. <laughs> Tyler, thank you so of much. Course. Where can people follow you if they want to learn more, get yeah. in touch with you, book an appointment? I'll be coming to see you. Absolutely. End of the year. Yes. Where can people follow? <laughs> so on Instagram, my handle is ak underscore pelvic underscore health underscore dbt. Got it's very it. complicated. No, no, no. We'll tag it. Okay, we got cool. you. <laughs> and, then, and then our website is absolutekineticspt.com. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find information on like the different services that I provide. And that's, you know, where you can schedule or reach out to us or anything um, on there. Yeah. And then our number where if you just want to call or oh, yeah. text us directly is 513-208-2257. Beautiful. Hope I got that right. Beautiful. I am terrible at we, we will make sure that we, we link it all. People can get in touch, yeah. get your pelvic floor situated, yep. get your squatty potty. I will do it. I will order one. Yeah. You should. I'm going to. I've heard it. I've heard it now from several people. I yeah. think I just need to do it. Just do it. It's like 20 bucks. Right. It's I not know. that bad. I know. I know. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Of I've course. learned a ton. Good. I love it. This is so great. Good. Listeners, I hope you learned a ton. Loved it. Please share to your socials. Um, rate, review on iTunes, all the good stuff. And <laughs> thanks so much for listening. Thank you.